Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do what we've done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize fans, uh, is only going to make us better moving forward. And that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing. And it was really cool, really cool to be a part of. And, and it was special. And like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I, I told the team in April, I said, expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. You know, I think that was this this year, obviously, was huge for, for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward. And, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and, and what we're going to do moving forward. And and that's the mindset and, the, and we won't settle for less than that and this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us so we'll be back this boy got a hit 1010 xl 92.5 fm presents jaguars today with your host mike dempsey tony smith and e to the t all right good morning everybody fresh week here it's players championship week around these parts and uh mike dempsey tony smith and et here with you on jaguars today tony you know what players championship week means for this program right it means we'll be at the players championship does mean that yeah there's more to it uh scoby updates there will be some scoby updates uh-huh and we will get uh reaction on the text line social media and uh, email about how <laughs> dare you mention the players championship this is a jaguar show yeah or two hours so um maybe we'll preface every mention of the scoreboard by uh here at the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Well, yeah. last year was the lead up to the start of free agency. Was while we were at the players. That's right. Week. And so we had all that lead up. What are the Jags going to do? You know, who's going to be the top wide receiver in the market? How aggressive are the Jags going to be when free agency opens? This is a different kind of free agency period. Obviously, for the Jags, it's more about how do they hold on to their own guys. Uh, this year than necessarily make a big splash with the open of free agency, but we don't uh, get that fun uh, while we're at the players this no, week either. But it's kind of nice, though, right? We yeah. fall in between the combine and free agency. It's a nice point in the schedule for sure. ourselves. Yeah. And obviously, we're going to keep up with everything going on, all the rumors and scuttlebutt. Tomorrow is franchise tag deadline day uh, at 4 p.m., and mm-hmm. the, the heavy rumor, as I'm sure you discussed on Friday, is that Evan Ingram will – get the tag applied to them. That's presuming that they don't get something worked out by 4 o'clock tomorrow. And then you have to wonder if they do, uh, do they dare use the tag on Jawan Taylor, who reports are now that he may get 17 or 18 million per year on the open market. And if that's the case, and you never know until you actually see him hit the open market, but Mm -hmm. that's the rumor. And then, you know, these things are talked about at the scouting combine. Uh, that's when everybody gets together. The agents get together. Numbers start getting thrown around. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? Oh, are you not allowed to do that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's the, you know, probably if they ever decide to cancel the combine or or move in that direction, I, uh, that would be one of the biggest sticking points as to why they wouldn't do it. Is it not only the medicals, the evaluations that you want to get, but it's just getting everybody together in the same place. And you get that kind of prime the pump start things out, get some good intel, uh, 
for yourself as a team, not intel necessarily on what others are doing, but mm -hmm. more about like, hey, um, you know, is this guy interested in our team when free agency opens up next week, for instance? What's it going to take? Those kind of things. And, uh, yes, those conversations are not supposed to technically happen <laughs> yet, but we all know that they do. Yeah, so, so that was one of the uh, takeaways Tony Pauline and his – you know, write-ups talking about the combine mm -hmm. and some of the things that he had heard. And there were some rumors that who knows how much longer the combine's going to be in Indianapolis. And uh, they're going to be there through next year. They know that. Uh, it's under contract to be in Indianapolis through 2024. But beyond that, who knows uh, what the NFL combine is going to look like. And it has gotten to a point because free agency has been pushed back a little bit too. They usually are able to have those kind of conversations. You know who's getting franchised to it and by the time you went to the combine, usually, but not so much this year, obviously. Right, but you get a, a sense. You get though. a sense, but because it is that much further away, those conversations, at least according to Pauline, are happening less than they have in the past, right, at the NFL combine, which is why there were some teams that basically wanted to show up, do whatever interviews they wanted to do, do whatever press they're required to do, mm -hmm. and leave. Sure. Right? Like, that's the way that they were going to handle the combine. So what does that mean for the future of the event? Who knows? Yeah. You know? I, I, look, I think as long as the NFL can make money off of it, they're going to yeah. continue to do it. And it's a media event now, right? And that's not a that hasn't been around for very long. That they have a media room now, essentially to like bring a, players a, in. To, right. Yeah. Well, not even that. It's the when I got to go to the combine. This was 2016. Is the year that I got to go up there with with Frank, and they set you up in a hallway. Right, there were five tables. Right for media, whatever Outlets that of, was going to be there. Right, yeah. and they were outside the interview room. You were just sitting in the hallway, right, to do whatever radio or whatever you were going to do from the NFL Combine. Now, it's basically it's Super Bowl light. You know, right. the amount of media that they have showing up to cover the NFL combine. Yeah, it's I, not I, I nearly saw the shots same of thing. that, right? Like, it's a set, the room setup is kind of the same, though. Yeah. Like, the, the big outlets are coming, and they're doing a week of radio or whatever they're doing, and uh, it, it is growing. Uh, certainly, again, the NFL can make money off of it. They're no going doubt. to make money off of it, and, uh, you know, inconvenience be damned. And that, that, quite frankly, I don't want the combine to go away. I'm not arguing for no, it I to like go away. Combine, yeah. I mean, it gives us something. We love uh, a little off-season fodder to chew on. We'll do that today. First, let's say hello to my man, E.T. What you doing in there, man? Let me tell you about my best friend. My best friend, man. We, did, did we become best friends again last Thursday night? <sighs> kind of, yeah. I feel like we always <laughs> are. It's just a renewing of uh, best friends kind of situation. Saw E.T. at the... Uh, the J Fund uh, Wine Tasting Gala, and because I'm not a young, strong, healthy man like E.T., I decided to take Friday off just in case. <laughs> it's probably a good call on my part, man. As you guys were uh, doing the show from 10 to noon, I was uh, enjoying some complimentary breakfast at the hotel after I rolled down there. And uh, we took full advantage of the noon checkout time, got out of there about Ten till. Oh, you're not like me. I, even though I know checkout is at noon, I try to get that late checkout every time. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, noon's fine, man. I don't. What, what do I want to do? You know, want to get out of there. I don't want to spend True. the whole day in the hotel bed. Uh, but uh, anyway, we enjoyed it. We'll. Uh, I'll have a tale or two from the J Fun Wine Tasting Gala from last Thursday. But we had a good time out there, and thanks to the J Fun for continuing to do a, a great job putting that on. It's beautiful. Uh, it really it, right. It, new location there. Uh, it, on Prudential. 
Uh, for the last couple of years, it's been there. It's all outdoor. For mo- I'd say ninety percent of it's outdoors. You have yeah. like the silent auction stuff. You you have the ability to get in if it's too hot, you know, and walk inside and cool off a little bit. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll save that and we'll get to that uh, coming up here shortly. But we're gonna talk a lot of combine reaction today on the program, and we invite you to be a part of it. And you know, look, I, I'll be honest with you, and I say this all the time. I don't watch a lot of the combine because I don't need to see. Someone run a four three nine forty. If you tell me he ran a four three nine forty, that's good enough for me. Like I'm not going to get anything more. Me personally, if you like watching it and seeing that in real time, do you right? But um, yeah, I I absolutely am not going to watch a lot of it live. But the results of it, absolutely, you take in. You know, sure. I follow all the interviews and all that stuff. But uh, you know. Quarterbacks throwing sessions, uh, agility drills, uh, you know, the the gauntlet drill for the wide receivers. That is one it's fun to catch for the wide receivers and tight ends occasionally. But we're asking you today, your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Did you fall in love over the last week or so? Uh, who is your 2023 NFL Combine crush that you would realistically like to see the Jaguars take in this year's NFL draft. Now, this does not have to be a first-rounder. This is somebody who, because of their combine performance, caught your eye. Maybe even, you know, in the in a sense where they didn't blow you away, but maybe because they're not so great in one particular area that you think is not going to matter all that much, they may be more likely to be available to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But this is, you know, when I say realistically available, Tony – they're not drafting a quarterback, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, if they did, it'd be in the late, late rounds, right? Because there was just a value there and you take the guy, whatever. So they're not going to focus on adding a quarterback to this roster. Uh, certainly, I'd be surprised if they drafted one in any round. Uh, but guys like Will Anderson, even Jalen Carter with his issues, you know, that we discussed at length last week, those guys are not realistic for mm-hmm. the Jags, right? The Jags are not trading up from 24 into the top six. This year, There's, they're not going to do that. They don't have, I don't think, the uh, the draft capital, quite frankly, to pull it off unless you're throwing in multiple future picks in there. And I just, I don't see the point for this team. There's going to be good players available at 24. I could see them maybe trading up five, six spots. You know, I mean, anything could happen if you've got a guy that you love that is falling for whatever reason and you don't agree with that reason uh, that they should be falling. But whoever you think is realistic, and again, does not have to be for that 24th pick. Might be a guy you say, hey, you know what? I think we can get him in round three mm-hmm. uh, or whatever the case may be. So let us know who that player is for you today. We debated uh, kind of breaking it down to <laughs> basically which Georgia Bulldog mm-hmm. do you want to see uh, your team take here in the first round of the NFL draft. And, uh, you know, Nolan Smith probably made himself a lot of money, but, man, that's uh, – I hope he's Robert Mathis, bro, because he, I mean, he is light, you know? I mean, not many guys his size dominating as edge rushers in the National Football League, and he's a guy that's had his injury issues as well. So, um, but that's, uh, you know, th- that's one guy, Darnell Washington. Certainly, you know, I, I don't want to get too caught up in the one one-handed catch, Tony. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's th- how often is that going to come into play? <laughs> In the National Football like, oh, do you see that catch? We got to have that guy. Oh, let's not. You know, hey, this just in. Anthony Richardson's a great athlete. Did mm. you realize that? Like, this is so in. I know. I mean, it's just, 
We knew this, didn't we? Right, yeah. we knew he was going to go tear it up. We we, maybe it. we didn't know, E, that he would set the vertical and the broad jump records, but who cares? Right. When is a quarterback going to broad jump? I mean, you know, right. I mean, when is he going to do a vertical? Like, uh, I think you guys were talking about on the drill this morning. Okay, high, high snaps. Snap. We got you covered. Right. All right, other than that, <laughs> right, like, so Anthony Richardson, wow, what a cannon. He can throw it 60, 70 yards. We knew that as well. We knew all these things yep. about Anthony Richardson. I think he performed. Well, right, he he delivered as promised. But if you are moving him up your draft board because he's this exceptional athlete, it makes me wonder how much film you've watched on Anthony Richardson. Oh, yeah. Like, it was the only thing that could have happened is if he didn't test that well athletically, you're like, what? Right. Right. That would have been the surprise. Like, what happened to Anthony that day? Because that doesn't match anything that I've heard or seen. Uh, from his time down here at the University of Florida. But Despite that, though, I give him credit for doing all these things because no he doubt. knew he was going to perform well, right? No like, yeah. like, like, I would like to see Bryce Young go out there and do his thing and throw the football around and be side-by-side side with these guys. 100%. But at the same time, you know, I saw somebody talk, calling running backs who didn't run the 40 cowards, <laughs> right, on Twitter yesterday. I'm thinking – there's not a single one of these guys who's at the combine that this little pencil neck geek would have walked up to and called that to his face, right? right? Yep. Coward. Like, I would like to see you kind of have the moxie to do it, but Bryce Young's job right now is to get drafted as highly as possible. And if he, his team thinks the best path to that is to do a pro day and maybe some individual workouts where he can really showcase his skills with guys he knows. And by the way, here's the one thing that will bother me the most about Bryce Young. He's he's 205, right, now. If he refuses <laughs> to weigh in at Alabama's pro day, right. I'm going to be skeptical. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, our, can, well, you, you've revealed the show that you put on with the weight. Right. Like, like if you're unwilling to weigh in again. Right. What was in your pocket, buddy, when you weighed yeah. 205? I don't know. But, I mean, it's, it's you know, so. I thought it would affect my workout, so I didn't want to do the workout. Right. Because I had to put on a bunch of weight because people were questioning right. my weight. And so then he's going to drop 10 pounds and go work out, and I don't know if he'll run a 40 or what he'll right. do. You know, like, I mean, honestly, do you need him to run a 40? No. I mean, I, he's he's elusive enough, right? We watch him. He's do. Are you going to – how much – Further, can he rise or fall? You know, I, I don't think he can rise. Like, even if he ran four three nine, Tony, I don't mm-hmm. think he's four three nine guy, right? Um, so anyway, uh, uh, I'm just glad we've got a six six cannon armed quarterback. Don't have to worry about who's 23 yeah. years young, <laughs> who's younger than multiple quarterbacks in this draft, and he's got two years of NFL experience, and he just made it his first Pro Bowl. Granted, as an alternate, but uh, I, I think we're a little ahead of the curve. So. And he led one of the greatest comebacks in NFL playoff history. He did. You know Ooh. what? You know what ticked me off this weekend? And I'm not like, Florio's a hater. He hates the Jaguars. He hates them all, right? He, he's a snarky, you know what, which is probably why I like him most of the time. But he was talking about, I forget which team he was referring to, considering drafting a quarterback um, in the first round. And he said, quite frankly – Every team, and see if I can get the list, every team that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, or Justin Herbert should consider it. I'm like, did you did you forget one, maybe? Are you, do you seriously <laughs> I, I think, think he forgot one. Does he seriously think the Jaguars should consider drafting a quarterback? Really? 
Really? Come on, man. Uh, so uh, that was a little ludicrous. I, I would definitely put him. I, I'm not even saying that he's equal to all those guys right now at this moment or better than or whatever. But if you think the Jags are thinking about worrying about just in case this guy doesn't pan out, we better go get us an arm. Oh, come on. Uh, they got their arm. It's C.J. Beathard, and they hope they never <laughs> use it. All right, it's also Mock Draft Monday, so we got some fresh mocks to take a look at. You want to be a part of it today? 641-1010. Uh, join the program, discuss the combine, discuss uh, free agency coming up, the franchise tag deadline tomorrow, anything you like, NFL and Jaguars related, uh, bring it to the table on the phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure at 641-1010 or on Twitter at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at IME2 the T. Come on, somebody. All right, it's Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags, Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, here we are. Taking care of business on Jaguars today. Oh, what a clever segue that was. E.T.'s grooving in there right now. E.T., was this a random selection for you, or uh, does this have some hidden meaning? I was just thinking about Anthony Richardson's, uh, his performance at oh, the yeah, combine. He took and care of his business. business. So that's what popped up. No doubt he did. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm not knocking Anthony Richardson. I just think it's hilarious that people are like, oh, my God, he's a great athlete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, right, and. What? Uh, I mean, if you want to go, wow, he threw the ball with a lot more consistency than I thought he would. That, okay. Yeah. yeah, all right. That's great. A guy completed 53% of his passes this year and uh, had one a really high um, miss rate uh, on open guys. You know, look, can you get better at that? Well, Josh Allen improved his accuracy at the NFL. It's not a road you want to go down too often no expecting a collegiate quarterback to improve greatly in the accuracy department when they get to the national football league but again not our issue right not gonna have to worry about that we got our guy and uh, very happy about that now I guess the question is this may be a good one for tomorrow honestly which of the top quarterback prospects do you least want to land in the AFC South right because Likely two of them are coming mm-hmm. with Houston and Indy. Uh, I mean, overwhelmingly likely that two of them are coming at this point in time. I, I would suppose that about the only scenario I could imagine where two of them did not come is if Houston gets one of them, either by moving up to one or staying there at two, and then somebody jumps Indy or a couple of teams jump them. Right to get up in there, and then they're like, "Ah, eh, we don't love Will Levis, maybe, or something along those lines." Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, that's that's a more of a discussion point for uh, tomorrow, as we'll be out at the uh, Players Championship practice rounds, uh, Sawgrass Square. Right, is where yep. we are. Sawgrass Square is where we'll be hanging out. Yep. Which is, uh, I'm trying to think, we can kind of see ten from where we are. See right, ten T. Yeah. Ten T. So as you walk, if you walk in the entrance where ten is to your left. Yep. Uh, just turn your head to the right and come on over and see uh, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith. And rumor has it on Thursday and Friday, E.T. will make an appearance out there. I think well. I'm going to pull up four. Is that what they say? That's what they say. Well, you don't want to say it too often, but yes, that is what they oh, say. Oh, okay. Cool. Yes, because that's a warning. That <laughs> <laughs> my ball is headed your direction. Or your forehead. Yeah. I, had, I had a round yesterday where I had uh, several instances, had there been a gallery, I would have yelled four a few times. 
but I also almost had my third hole in one of my life. Foot and a half, right in the heart, on mm. a uh, about 145 yard par three, eight iron shot. Oh, it was so close! And I, I hit that like when it came off the club. I'm like, yeah, this is the shot I was envisioning in my mind right here. And ah, so close. <laughs> but uh, what are you gonna do? All right. So uh, Derek Carr apparently is being connected now, even though it said there was a report. Uh, was it yesterday? It was over the weekend that the Jets were the front runner to get Derek Carr. Yep. Uh, but now uh, Mike Garofalo of NFL Network reporting that the Saints are closing in on a deal with him, which is the craziest thing. You know, like this, <laughs> the Raiders really think, hey, yeah, here's permission to go talk to the Saints that the Saints wouldn't go, Derek, here's what we want from you. Here's what we're willing to pay you. Mm-hmm. Uh, does this seem reasonable to you? And uh, we'll still be willing to pay you that. Don't make us give up assets to come get you. Now, granted, you take control out of the situation, but sure. you also don't get locked into that contract that he's carrying in. Yeah, the uh, the reports yesterday or going through the weekend was that the Jets were still in on the car deal, but they were kind of still monitoring the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, right? Like, they're still one of the teams that is very interested in right. Aaron Rodgers if he's ultimately going to become available. We talked about this last week. If you're the Jets, what – what do you do, right? Do you go heavy in on car because you can get that done now, or do you wait on the prospect that maybe Aaron Rodgers becomes available? There were also stories about Devontae Adams is pushing his former teammate and Aaron Rodgers that, hey, Vegas is a great place to be. Like, those kind of things are going on behind the scenes right now, too. So it looks like the Jets have missed out on Derek Carr and that he's going to wind up with the Saints, which is where – it felt like that was the most likely spot when this whole thing started. Because of the connection. Right. Because of the fact that they actually had worked out compensation yeah. with the Raiders. That if it, you know, if they had felt more strongly about it maybe or uh, about the contract or didn't have a good indication that Carr was going to give them that shot in free yeah. agency, maybe they would have executed that deal. And Dennis Allen was the head coach with the Raiders when they drafted him. Right. Right. Like they have that connection as well. So he already has a relationship with the head coach there with the Saints. So all of that made plenty of sense. We'll see what the Jets wind up being able to do. It was Jeremy Fowler yesterday of ESPN who tweeted out while the Panthers and Saints remain in the conversation for Carr, the former Pro Bowl quarterback has a slight lean towards the Jets as his next home as of now per source. I would too. Keep in mind now, like maybe this goes down, right? But Mike. Garofalo tweets out – first he tweets out, of course, that the Saints are closing in a deal with David Carr. Yeah. Easy to do, Mike. It's all of okay? us, yeah. Easy to do, right, the, to get the name wrong. But then Rappaport, supporting his buddies, reporting there at uh, NFL Media, says the top free agency quarterback off the board, period. Like, it's done. Well, was it – didn't Deshaun Watson rule out the Cleveland Browns last year and he was basically going to Atlanta and then Cleveland said, no, no. So are we ruling out the possibility that the Jets come in over the top and go, wait a minute here, mm-hmm. uh, Derek Carr, or maybe the Jets just go, you know what, we're going to roll the dice and try to get Rodgers, and if not, well, maybe we'll settle for Garoppolo. And we'll go that route, or, or at least try to settle for Garoppolo. But if Rodgers doesn't get traded, right, or if he decides to stay in Green Bay and play there, then, you know, Garoppolo can't go to the Raiders and the Jets, for instance. So, uh, you know, it would be just so Jets-like. Oh, I know. <laughs> they come up right empty. Because they do feel like if you are 
a quarterback like Carr who's looking for what that next landing spot's going to be with the open quarterback spots across the league right now. I do think the Jets are a pretty shiny spot to land in their current where they are currently with the way that defense is built. They had the offensive rookie of the year uh, last year on top. Like it does feel like a pretty nice spot to be. The offensive line is good. It's not great, but it's good. No, yeah. No, right? I think there are a lot of benefits to right? playing for that organization. It feels like that's a place where you can go and win. Right. right now. Right. And for a guy like Rodgers, that's all he's worried about right, right. now. Right? right. So it does make some sense now, state taxes and all that. Put the monetary aside. Sure. He's going to make enough regardless of uh, where he ends up playing. Uh, maybe not in his mind he won't make enough. Let me see if I can uh, do a tr- – I know Mike Tannenbaum was talking about this weekend about how uh, if you trade for Rodgers that – here we go. Uh, I'll do it this way. Uh, that if you trade for Rodgers, you have to have $60 million in cap space available right away at that moment. It, I have to look at the deal here and see if that's the case. Because a lot of times, even though it's that's whatever the compensation, this, that, that some of it is still absorbed by the team that's moving him. And I know that, for instance, that $60 million hit – if they were to trade Rodgers, Green Bay's still taking like a 30-something million hit. And if they do it as a at post-June 1st, they can knock that down to $15 million. So that's mm-hmm. a significant saving. So where's the re- – is it, it – are the Jets on the hook for 60? I'm not sure about that. I'm going to – I'll take a look here in a minute. But um, see if I can figure it out. Uh, you got to put together one of those trades on spot track, But then yeah. you also have to do it uh, – like it, it's – when you do a trade on that site, I feel like uh, you have to do it from the team trading away the player mm-hmm. because there's not an option to like trade for and then just pick any player. You got to pick the player you're trading away first. Maybe I I'm, I'm making this more complicated than it needs to be. You know what I mean? But oh no, yeah, um, I did see um, Mike K who covers the Panthers now yeah. up there in Carolina said that the Carolina Panthers were expecting to speak with Derek Carr today. Uh, according to the GM last week, well, that doesn't sound like it's it, necessarily going to happen. But maybe if I'm that's the Saints, Tony. Don't I try to close it before right? Right, like, and that was his idea. It's like maybe that coming out pushed the deal getting done into today between the two sides. All right, and I we'll can, see what the details on that are whenever they become available. Maybe I can do it this way. I'll take. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take. See, uh, trade. Trade a low level player. From the Jets, Marquis Spencer, oh. and trade him for Aaron Rodgers, and uh, yeah, this is, right. The cap you're taking on in the deal is 15 million. So I don't like. I I was listening. I'm like, he can't be the only guy that's figured out that somebody needs 60 million in the media cap space. Like, mm-hmm. why hasn't this been vetted better? And everyone just ran with it on ESPN on Friday. So I was a little bit surprised. Mm. At that, but uh, nevertheless, uh, today um, we'll get our focus back to the Jags here in a minute. Then taking a look at the scouting combine from the weekend. But again, Derek Carr um, seemingly getting close to a deal with the New Orleans Saints, so that will be the first domino to fall in the quarterback game of musical chairs this off season. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and ET. You want to be a part of the conversation today? Six four one ten ten. And today is a great day to get in because you know how it gets when we're out there at uh, the Players' Championship. It's not a really a heavy kind of phone call week it's going to be. So if you want to talk about anything you saw, go down at the Combine. Who is your Combine crush 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Does not have to be a player that they would need to select in the first round, but uh, share your thoughts with us on that. That is today's uh, Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All Jags, all NFL. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, uh, getting a lot of good uh, variety of names coming in this morning for the Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day, talking about your 2023 NFL Combine crush. Who's a player that impressed you with his workout, measurables, what have you, whatever caught your eye that you think is a realistic target for the Jaguars, not necessarily in round number one. Uh, we'll discuss those as we go along. Also get into uh, Mock Draft Monday here coming up shortly. I've got uh, at least a quartet of fresh ones out there. One guy, I'm a little torn on Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, part of me, like last year, I was all about let's get Icky Aquano. Let's get one of these offensive linemen, right? I'm fine with that. And I get it. It worked out well. The offensive line played well. I was probably wrong, right? Although you could argue that if you had that guy now, you wouldn't worry about Juwan Taylor leaving, right? And then next year, you'd have your answer uh, with Cam maybe rolling off the books after two years of his three-year deal, whatever the case. Didn't go that way. Jack still had a, a heck of a season. Offensive line wasn't a liability. It wasn't mm-hmm. the best in the league, but it wasn't a liability, I don't think, Tony. But I like the idea of it's not just get weapons for Trevor Lawrence. It's get protection for Trevor Lawrence. It's, it's lean into your strength, right? And, I mean, bring this up as an example many times, but for years the Colts did that with Peyton Manning, just continually leaned into that strength, at least in the first round of, of bringing in, be it a, a pass catcher, uh, another offensive lineman, whatever the case, and make sure that you maximize what you get out of Manning. Now the job is to maximize what you get out of Trevor Lawrence. And mm-hmm. well, Cyrus Torrance is a guy who may be able to play right tackle for you, may be able to play uh, guard for you as well. He's got the requisite size. He's strong as an ox. He just, I mean, the explosiveness numbers are just not there for him. Right. You know, and – I'm not saying you have to run a four whatever 40, but, you know, that that burst off the line um, before you let that defensive lineman get into you. I know he's big and he can handle a lot of guys and he can absorb players coming into him, but he's got to be able to, you know, at that size, 335, especially if you're playing him inside, he's got to drive people off the ball. I'm, I'm a little on Defense with him mm-hmm. right now. Not not that the Jags are necessarily going offensive line, but if they lose Juwan Taylor, I don't think you can rule it out at 24. Sure. And he's a guy that, you know, I've kind of had my eye on a little bit. Oftentimes he's mocked well off the board before 24. Maybe it doesn't go that way, though. You don't, you don't know. Uh, you know, you and I were talking about on the break, Jordan Addison probably lost a bunch of money. Could this have, week, yeah. right? I mean, the the wide receiver prospect who he weighed in at one seventy three, and didn't run that fast for a guy who weighs one hundred and seventy three pounds. He's got small hands. He had some drops during the drills, uh, you know. So while we look at these early mock drafts, yeah, they're fun, but people well, are just starting to catch up with what the reality is right yeah. now for NFL evaluators. And I think coming out of the combine a guy like Addison who pre-combine 
wasn't necessarily the first receiver taken off in every mock, but, but it wasn't uncommon right. right, for him to be the first of the receivers taken in whatever mocks were coming out. I think coming out of the combine, you're not going to see a bunch of that, right? Like the idea will be, okay, he's going to be in the last third of the first round of the draft, right? Is, is where they're going to be talking about him a lot more often now. Yeah, he ran 4.49, which is not – Terrible, but no. if you're 173, right? I mean, who who can you think of in that size range? Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> right? I mean, isn't he? Isn't that yeah. like right where he's at, like 170? Yeah, right. Deshaun Jackson, like every time he's played, he was basically the fastest player on the field. No doubt. Uh, that will not be the case here. Um, was not explosive in the jumps, uh, those kind of things. Again, I don't think the Jags are likely to take a wide receiver. With their selection in round one, maybe a tight end, but uh, I don't think you can rule it out 100%. I do think there's a chance that they take a receiver somewhere along the line. And his first 40 was 455 at 173. Man, it's just, I don't know. You know, I, I look, doesn't mean he can't play. He obviously can play, but there's a reason that they have these benchmarks for the NFL. Uh, are there exceptions to those benchmarks? Absolutely. Sure. But if you stay within the guidelines of height, weight, what we're looking for, and when you're at that, here are the the speed metrics that we want and all that, generally that the reason they do that is because it's proven over time that you're going to have more success following that than you are just going, I know this guy, you know, he, he's not fast, but, man, look at the tape. He's always open in college. Well, that's college, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, exceptions to all those rules. Maybe he'll be one. Uh, but I think, uh, honestly, I'd be surprised if most mocks have him in the first round after that performance now uh, going forward. All right, 641-1010 if you want to get in. Let me just uh, – well, I got a minute here. Let me rewind to last Thursday night. <laughs> quick uh, quick Tom Coughlin, J-Fund, Wine Tasting Gala recap, right? Uh, didn't see a whole uh, – only person I saw from – were we the only ones there from 1010XLE? I don't believe I saw any – oh, no, McManus. Mia. Mia. Was Mia there? Yeah, Mia was there. I never saw her. Yeah, I saw her. Oh, you did? Okay, didn't see her the whole night. Walked around. I was there I was there from 6 to 9.20 or whatever. So, right. I was there basically for the whole thing. Never saw her. I, I heard she said she was going to go. I just mm -hmm. didn't run across her. So, um, Heather and I, because I'm not that guy – you'll never – hear me getting a DUI because I don't drive when I've had anything to drink, anything to drink. And if I'm going to something called a wine tasting gala, <laughs> I'm going to drink, uh -huh. right? And it's, I'm not just going to be there to be my wife's designated driver, sure. right? So, you know, so we'll stay right down the road. It's like 0.4 mile walk, right? And, and the, the J Fund is kind enough to offer us uh, valet parking. It's, it's not worth it because I'm going to have to drive. Even, even though it's less than half a mile why, right? Like it could easily walk that in a couple minutes. So, anyway, we walked down, and as we walked down, we're like, that's a lot of backed-up traffic here. Like, mm -hmm. nobody's moving for blocks and blocks. And come to find out that this is over by Wilson's, and uh, I don't know what the office complex is called there on Prudential Drive, but whatever it is. Right. It's right after a set of train tracks. It's actually the second. There's two sets that you walk over on the short little walk down Prudential. And the second one is right there. When's the last time you heard of 
train tracks right before a great party when there's going to be a lot of food and beverage <laughs> oh, yeah. tone. Uh, that would be the media party in Miami for yep. the Super Bowl. How was that party, E? Because we didn't make it. I turned no, no! <laughs> he, he showed up. He got like an Uber. I got, yeah, it's like an Uber. Tony and I were on the NFL bus, and we told that story when it happened that uh, there was a train that just stopped on the tracks, dead stop. And that one was there for a couple of hours. Yep. I mean, the, the bus driver, like, made circles around the neighborhood for mm-hmm. a while, hoping that eventually it would open up. They wouldn't let us off the bus. I mean, we could have just hopped between the cars, right? So my wife and I walk up. You know, we're dressed nice for us and whatever. And there's a young lady standing there who's waiting to cross the tracks, but the train's there. Like, how long's the train been here? Eh, about 30 minutes. Like, 30 minutes? Could be, you can't see either end of the train. Right. You have no idea how long this thing is. have no idea what the issue is. Uh, so I said, Heather, we could, if we can find a gap, we could just walk between the cars and just go, right? And But it was the kind of train that there really weren't gaps between the cars. It's not like, you know, uh, with the caboose, you know, like you see in some, uh, some cowboy movie or yeah. something, right? <laughs> so, but Heather's like, well, look right here. She goes, it's a flat platform kind of uh, train car. It's a little ladder with two steps on the ladder. The third step is actually up on top of the car, six feet across or so. Walk down the other side, climb, climb the ladder down. Perfect. You want to do it? Let's do it. Fine. We do it. Because you know, this time I'm starting to sweat. Fat boy <laughs> in a suit. Right? It, it, was, it, was, it was. The sun was out. It's a little humid. And, and a little hot and humid at the time. So we walk across. And then I get somebody trying to tell me, oh, you didn't give your wife your hand. I, first of all, my wife is no shrinking violet, okay? Right, right. My wife will smack you in the mouth. Uh, no, she won't, actually. But <laughs> anyway, I said, hey, you want to go first? Uh, or do you want me to go first? She goes, no, you go up first. And so I went up first. She handed me my suit coat, and I offered her my hand. There's, and there's video evidence of that. Of me offering I, my hand. I saw it. Right. And, and she goes, no, no, I got it. I, I mean, she, she can climb two steps, okay? And so I'm like, all right. So then I go down the other side, and I'm, you know, like spotting her as she comes down the ladder. Just to, if you fall, I will catch you, and, uh, I'll, you know, you I'll be the one who gets dirty, whatever, right. but you'll be fine. Okay. So we're over in 10 seconds, right? So it's no problem. We walk up there and who's there? It's Kelly Coughlin, of course, right? Because right. we love Kelly and she does a great job <laughs> running the J fund. And, you know, your boy's sweating a little uh-huh. <laughs> at this point, right? And I, I downed a quick glass or two of champagne And I, I said, Kelly, you realize there's a train blocking the tracks right over here. Like people cannot get here. She goes, yeah. I know. Uh, we've been hearing about it. And she goes, and dad's not happy because <laughs> he's stuck in the traffic. Now, you know Tom Coughlin and the whole thing with Coughlin time, right? And co- by the way, coach was, he didn't he seem like he was just. He was just, chilling. He looked fit as a fiddle, yeah. man. He looked fantastic um, on uh, Thursday night. So we're there for 20 or so minutes, 15 minutes. I don't know what it is. And we walk in to use the restrooms. He sees me as he's walking up. Because yeah, I, I valet. <laughs> oh, you did. You I'm did that's how I was able to see. Right, so you're good. So you yeah. you walk and and he sees me. So he comes inside and you know, I, with you, man, you're always filming. Like I don't even think about it, right? And I, later I see there's a video of me greeting Emmanuel. But <laughs> you always got to capture the footage. Man. Always he's he's always rolling footage, right? Yeah. You're, you and your boy Vaughn, right? We're we're uh, we're filming the whole thing. So anyway, everywhere ET goes, if you see him in public, you're probably being filmed. <laughs> so coach gets there, not too long after the whole thing opened up, right? And I, you know, I got to take the opportunity first to to thank 
Coach Coughlin, for all he does for Jacksonville with the J Fund. And appreciate you having us out here once again. Now, Coach, <laughs> can we talk about this Coughlin time mm-hmm. situation here? Uh, you know, like how much would you find yourself uh, if you had, uh, you know, no excuses with him, right? Didn't somebody, Tony, back in the day with the Jags during Coughlin's tenure get in an accident? going over one of the bridges in town and was late to practice because somebody hit them. Uh, And coach was like, that's a fine. (laughs) Yeah, what was that story? It was, right? But there was somebody who was late to practice. Yeah. And they're like, coach, somebody ran into me. I mean, what was I supposed to do? Get out and sprint over the bridge? Was (laughs) it Beasley? Who was it that told that story? Might have been, but there was definitely a story. and uh, Probably multiple stories like that, right? Maybe not those specifics. So I'm just like, coach, you know, hey. Uh, Coughlin time. That means five minutes early. You understand that, right? He goes, listen, I saw you climbing over a train. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but coach, I made it on time, didn't I? Right? Why didn't you climb over a train? Okay, you could have made it. If you saw me, you were within striking distance of that same train car. So uh, he, it was great, though. We had a good time. It was kind of funny. I don't know how many people climbed that train, but <laughs> I know we didn't miss out right? <laughs> on uh, any of the J-Fun wine tasting gala. All right, halfway home. Thanks again to the J-Fun for all they uh, do for the city of Jacksonville. And I, I, when last I checked, I don't know what it finally went for. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a Trevor Lawrence autographed helmet. Okay. They had a Tony Baselli autographed helmet. Right. Um, give me a give me a top bid at the time. I I probably checked halfway through the proceedings. Any yeah. idea? Any uh, guess? Uh, I don't know, thirteen thousand. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're way high. Um, what you got, E? I would say six thousand. Way high as well. Okay. Trevor Trevor was at twenty eight. Baselli was at like twelve hundred. Sorry, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Tony. Hall of Fame. Tony's probably like, you know what? I would pay more for Trevor's as well. But he is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I don't know what the final numbers came in at, but uh, I'm sure they raised a, a boatload of money. Uh, for charity, uh, for the the J Fund to help families here on the First Coast once again. All right, coming up in hour number two, Tony, uh, we'll open up the seal on Mock Draft Monday. Got a quartet of competing mocks uh, with some interesting players for your Jacksonville Jaguars uh, projected to them. And in addition uh, to that, we'll continue to look at today's Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day, your combine darling, your crush from the weekend. Who is it and why? And it doesn't have to be a player that the Jags would have to take in the first round. This is Jaguars today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and ET on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now, more Jaguars today on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Hey, uh, Tony, I know the last time I asked you, you said you had not started watching The Last of Us on HBO Max not yet. or HBO, nope. whatever. Oh. Last night was such a satisfying episode. I'm not like a, a fan, but I never played the game mm-hmm. or anything like that. So it's based on a video game. And apparently it's very faithful uh, recreation of that. So I uh, watched it last night. My son's home for spring break. So we went and picked him up uh, down at uh, Florida Southern. Doing very well, the young lad is, uh, in his first year off at college. But uh, on break, so he'll be hanging out with his friends uh, close to home this week, but he has played the game, so he knows exactly what's going to happen. Sure. He's asking me last night after we watched the episode, do you, you, what do you think is going to happen in the final? I'm like, don't, I'm not even going to get I don't want to even see the expression on your face. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Maybe they all die. I yeah. don't know. Okay? <laughs> I did not play the game, so I'm enjoying the series. But last night was, whew, it was good. It was yeah, I haven't started watching it yet, but, uh, but, but I will. Episode 8. 
That's the one. I went and checked out that Creed 3. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Have you seen one and two? Nope. What? Nope. See, Tony had, Tony's been raving about him, and I'm hearing so many good things that I'm now, like, I, I don't want to hear anything about it because, like, people, I, like, I, I don't want to know who anything. I don't want to because right. I feel like I need to do a Creed marathon now because uh-huh. I haven't watched them, any of them. They're on HBO. Yeah, like, I know. If you have HBO, they just put the first two up on HBO. Oh, they just did? Okay. Yeah. I, I think I've seen, like, bits and parts of the first one, but for sure I haven't seen the second one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> Just have it. You know, it's one of those, like, I don't know. But you went and saw the third one. Was it good? Absolutely. But the third one, you don't need to see the first two because it's kind of its own storyline within it. Right. You kind of figure out what's what's happening. Well, I'm not saying that you need to see all the previous Rockies for Rocky Four to not still be Rocky Four. Right. True. Right? (laughs) But at some point, you think... If you enjoy, did you enjoy Creed three enough to go watch Creed one and two? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Get me! <laughs> Get me! I'm with you. I also saw Parasite. Cause my, not my Parasite. Son, I know awesome. you love Parasite. Yeah. You told me that. This may be the first foreign language film that I've ever watched not dubbed in English because there was no option yeah, you to watch it, it yeah. dubbed in English. Yeah, you had to watch it in the original Korean. And uh, with English subtitles, which fine, Tough. you know, you can't take your eyes away from the screeny. But it was good; it was a good flick, so I enjoyed it. You told me it was great. It won Best Picture, of course. So, it did. Yep. I mean, I'm not totally surprised, <laughs> but anyway. So I like my son comes out because he he wants to be a screenwriter. He's yeah. all into the film, you know, uh-huh. not movies. He's into film. He's now, not watching right? movies. He's watching. He's films. watching film. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, he, and and he was quite impressed because a couple times. I pause and I'm like, wait, you know what? It just seems like they're doing here. They're symbolizing. He's like, he was very proud of his dad <laughs> on a couple of occasions when we were watching that movie this weekend. All like right. a proud dad. He was, right. He was, he was like a proud son from his, from his setting his way. His dad, like, maybe has learned something in the last few years. But good job, kid. All right. So, um, Alan Robinson mm-hmm. is reportedly on the trade block. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Let me just go back quick. Uh, a brief history of time, mm-hmm. as uh, one man once said. Yeah. And first it was Jaguars are committing malpractice because they didn't franchise tag Allen Robinson when he first left the team, right? The year he came off the uh, ACL yeah. in 2018, right? The, coming off the ACL, he had the one catch for 17 yards in 2017. I remember Dave Caldwell telling you and I, we offered him a contract that if he hit his incentives and he played like the guy we're paying him to be, if he played like an all-pro or a pro bowler, pro bowler, that he would make more than he made with the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. But he didn't want to do that, right? And I get it, right? You want to take the guarantee, whatever it is, sure. that's fine. Then Allen Robinson went out that year, and he was still impacted by the knee, and he had 744 receiving yards. Nowhere near worth a franchise tag at wide receiver. So then last year, why don't the Jaguars take that money they're giving to Zay Jones and go add $6 million a year to it and sign Allen Robinson? Well, A, Allen Robinson might have chosen to go to the Super Bowl champs for $15 million anyway. He got mm-hmm. $15 million a year, and Zay got what here? Was it nine? Was it that high? Was it seven? I think it was nine, but I got to look. That's what that. I thought. Nine yeah. was in my head. See if you got the number on Zay's uh, – Three deal. years, 24. So, eight. Yep. All right, right there. Split them in. So, eight million, almost, but basically half of what Allen Robinson got with Los Angeles last year. Oh, but it's A-Rob. They got to bring A-Rob back to Jacksonville. 
And then A-Rob went out there and stunk out loud. I mean, A-Rob played 10 games, often injured, didn't have more than 63 yards in any game in the entire season. Was terrible last year to the point where you want – did he lose it overnight? Mm-hmm. Or was it just a chemistry issue? I don't know. Could he have put up better numbers here? Maybe. But I think Zay Jones worked out fantastically well. Yep. Especially for what you're paying him. You're paying Zay Jones a less than a quarter of what the top receivers in the league make. I'm not saying he's a top receiver, but he was a very solid guy as your I I would consider him your number two option last year. At, you know, he had games where he was your number one option. Clearly. It's just funny how you know, you, you get, oh, the Jags are screwing this up. They're screwing this up. Sometimes they are. There's no doubt, right, that we look back, and hindsight's always going to be perfect, and we have the, the benefit of that. But I remember at the time, you know, people would ask us, why didn't they do this with Allen Robinson? Well, A, maybe they just don't feel like Allen Robinson's the same player. Maybe they like Zay Jones. They like his speed, or they like whatever, and mm-hmm. you're getting him for half the price. Um, so he goes to L.A. for $15 million a year on average. He's going to make a guaranteed 15 plus. This year, guaranteed from the Rams. So that's another aspect of it. Would you have had to match what they're offering and significantly sweeten the pot? Like with all the money being thrown around at wide receivers last year, would you have had to get Allen Robinson back to Jacksonville 18, 19 million a year? It's quite possible, right? So now uh, they have given Allen Robinson permission to seek a trade from the LA Rams. LA is going the opposite direction right now. They're, all right, we got all these guys. We won the Super Bowl. Not saying that's a bad idea because they won the Super Bowl, right? But now they're ready to cast off Jalen Ramsey, ready to cast off Allen Robinson, and who knows who else. Good luck getting someone to take on $15 million right. for Allen Robinson with the numbers he put up last year, with the lack of burst that he showed last year. Ironically, um, if you go to who's got there's a at Pro Football Network, that's Tony Pauline's site. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a write up on on A Rob about good fit landing spots and like ironically, both of his former teams, Chicago and the Jags, could use his services, uh, you know, if he could show to that he had that burst still, you know, if they worked him out, whatever. Although then they mentioned, but the Jags are probably set at wide receiver presuming Calvin Ridley gets reinstated, mm-hmm. and the Bears spent what turns out to be the 32nd pick in the draft on Chase Claypool. Yeah. Who's got one year left. Oh, I mean, I get it. You're trying, right? And if you don't try, then, you know, oh, you're not giving Justin Fields any weapons. So they, I guess they try. He's the best available mm-hmm. after the Jags made the wise move to go out there and make a preemptive strike on Ridley, but – Chase Claypool, after his rookie season, Tony's not been that guy. He scored a bunch of touchdowns his rookie season. Sure. Like that four TD game, I think. Yeah, and I, I think when we're talking about what's going on with A-Rob at this point and even the discussion last offseason, knowing the Jags were going to sign a wide receiver, right? They were going to sign at least one. Yes. And it did appear that ultimately Allen Robinson was going to be in the discussion among the top handful of receivers that was going to be a free agent. So how much interest should the Jaguars have in Allen Robinson to be the big splash signing at wide receiver for this football team? Now, they decided to go with Christian Kirk ultimately, and we saw what Christian Kirk did in his first year here in a Jaguars uniform and trying to imagine – the Allen Robinson that we saw on the field last year for the Los Angeles Rams being able to catch 84 passes for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. 
last year for the it's just hard to see. Correct. Right? Like he played 90% of the offensive snaps in the 10 games he played for the Rams last year. Just didn't give him much. Right? There was no juice from Allen Robinson being on the field for that offense. They the Jags with that decision to be made last offseason. And again, we we heard all the discussions going back and forth with which direction they should go to go get that number one guy, right? And A-Rob seemed to fit that profile more than a guy like Christian Kirk would. The Jags were right. You know, ultimately, to go in the direction of Christian Kirk, that's where we're going to invest that money in. Right. but We're going to give a guy $15 million a year. It's going to be Christian Kirk. But even beyond the Kirk signing, people are like, all right, we got Kirk. We still had all this cap money, sure. right? Why give $8 million a year to Zay Jones? And granted, who hadn't done a ton. His best season mm-hmm. was back in 2018 where he had 652 yards and seven touchdowns, but they tried to – you don't try to pay for what somebody has done. You no, pay for yeah. what you project that they're going to do, and it's hard to deny that the Jags did a really solid job here. I mean, did he blow the league away? No, but 823 receiving yards, Tony – is more than Allen Robinson's had in the last two years combined. And I get it. He's been injured at times. But that's part of the equation. No doubt. You want an injury-prone guy who is on what the eyeball test says can't separate from anybody anymore. And I get it. He's a good contested mm-hmm. uh, ball catcher. But when he was here, he'd also beat guys deep, right? And, yeah, he made those contested catches, but he'd also had the ability to run past guys. Uh, in Boy. You go back to 2015, he averaged 17 and a half yards a catch yeah. with his team. Uh, down into the the mid to low 10s. Now, that's where Zay Jones lives. But again, Zay Jones costs half the money. So, mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, you wanted to look back for a moment as that news came out today that Allen Robinson, and by the way, uh, is available via trade. But by the way, the uh, Rams are said to be willing to pick up a portion of that guaranteed money. How much? $13 million? Mm-hmm. I mean, what would you pay Allen Robinson right now after what you've seen from him the last couple of years? NFL minimum? Honestly, maybe a couple million more than that? Yeah. You know, just based on thinking maybe he gets it back and maybe, who knows, maybe he turns out to be a bargain. But 339 yards on 33 catches last year and the year before in Chicago. And you can say, who's throwing to him? All right. But 38 catches for 410 yards, right? And you know, scored four touchdowns. Zay Jones had five last year. Uh, that was four in the last two years combined for A-Rob. So, um, you know, look, we we throw plenty of dirt on the Jags when they make bad decisions. Even in hindsight, we go back and look, and, oh, man, you should have done this, you should have done that, or you shouldn't have done this or that. Uh, but in this case, you know, once again, bulky masterclass. Uh, you know, Trent Balky looking pretty good right about now for your Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, we'll come back. Mock Draft Monday. In effect, I've got four mocks, Tony. One of them is a three-rounder. Uh, two of them have the Jags taking the same player in round number one. And uh, we'll get into that coming up in a moment with Tony Smith and E.T. I'm Mike Dempsey. You're listening to Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. <laughs> Jags, all NFL, Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, here we go. Mock Draft Monday, where we like to take a look at some of the mocks that went down over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And in this case, you're getting a lot of post-combine mock drafts. So that's fun because you do see some movement in these mocks. And at least it's tied to athletic performance instead of just, hey, let's shake it up so we can get some more clicks. I mean, they want the clicks. 
and that's fine. But we'll start with CBS. Ryan Wilson does one every Monday. Uh, he's got the Jags taking Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. The only thing about Branch, didn't run a great 40 this week. But the actual workouts, if you like, e- either if you watch it, which I didn't, but if you read the write-ups about it, they're like, oh my gosh, this guy. And you want to talk about a guy who's smooth, like who can backpedal, turn his hips, and run with a receiver, and it's like there's no transition. It's just like, how do you do that? Poetry and motion. Right? Just the fluidity, right? you got to have those fluid hips, E. Fluid hips. hips. Yep. And, and Brian Branch has them. Says Branch isn't the first name you hear about when the conversation turns to Alabama's defense. This is Wilson talking. Maybe he should be. He's a short tackler, can blitz off the edge, is solid in coverage. And he also played nickel. So, you, you know, the idea we talked about, Tone, is there more value to a guy like him who could be your nickel this year mm-hmm. and then becomes maybe a starting safety the following year? So he was, by the way, working out with the corners uh, this week. So the 40 time wasn't ideal. Uh, but other than that, then Wilson goes, if Nick Saban trusts him, that's all you need to know about his NFL prospects. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Wilson, you had me. I think that's like the most lazy sentence, right? So anybody that plays for Nick Saban is – you don't have any question about their NFL prospects. Nobody from Alabama fails to live up to their draft status. That's ridiculous. Hmm. I mean, would you say Cam Robinson has lived up? I'm not talking about the contracts he's gotten, but has he lived up to his status as a top 10 pick? Well, he wasn't a top 10 I'm pick. Not, not a top 10, a, a first-round pick? Yeah. Or a, I guess he was second-round pick. He was second-round, right. ultimately, was, yeah. Yeah, so I guess from that standpoint, it was, yes. It got inflated by Nick Saban saying it's the most – pro-ready player he'd ever coached. That's what he told us about him. Right. Right. So it's like, okay, he obviously has a lot of trust in Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson is an adequate left tackle, right, in the National Football League. Right. I don't think he's the best player, most pro-ready player out of Alabama in the last 15 years. Enters Trent Richardson. (sighs) There's one, right? But, I mean, Derrick Henry's certainly more pro-ready. I mean, Trent Richardson, an example of a guy who – you know, what, he go third overall? Third overall. Like it's, anyway, it's it, it just a little bit. Like, you don't have to oversell it, right? We get it. He, he's a very good player for the best program over the last 10 to 15 years in college football. Mm-hmm. Georgia's the best right now, and that's the way it is, right? But I mean, regardless. They drafted Ronnie Harrison in the second round out of Alabama at safety. Uh, like, I, I assume Nick Saban trusted, trusted that guy. Right. He played. Right. That's all him. you need to know. I he's a good enough player. You yeah, know, he's fine. fine. Right. He's, he's an okay player. I mean, so I, I, by the way, this is not a knock on Brian Branch. It's no. more not like, let's, you know, let's not, everything doesn't have to be the best. No. It just doesn't have to be. Every player who plays for Alabama, every player who plays for Georgia, for that matter, it's not going to come in and rip up the NFL. No. It just doesn't work that way. Hey, enter last year's number one overall <laughs> pick. Right? I mean, we all hope for the best for Trayvon Walker's future, but he didn't rip up the NFL. Sure. No question about it. Uh, let's see what the quarterbacks are doing in some of these mocks. By the way, I guess he's not projecting trades because uh, he's got Will Anderson going to the Bears at number one. Um, Bryce Young going to Houston. You're seeing this a lot. Tyree Wilson is really moving up, Yeah. right, out of Texas Tech. And one thing um, that the Bears said this week, when they're asked about what are you looking for in an edge rusher, long. They're talking about size, like length, um, size, all these different things, and that's why he is, as a 
more traditionally built edge rusher at 6'6", 275. People are starting to make that connection now. Like, if Chicago moves down, could they actually prefer him to Will Anderson? I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's, again, these are two guys that are not going to be on the board for the Jags. Uh, C.J. Stroud to the Colts. Jalen Carter still going fifth. Miles Murphy out of Clemson going sixth. And then Anthony Richardson to the Raiders. Will Levis to the Panthers. So, those are your first-round quarterbacks uh, through the eyes of CBS Sports' Ryan Wilson. Uh, Elsewhere, uh, the Draft Network. Did a mock, uh, post-combine mock. Keely Ringo out of Georgia, who is a – that's a big dude uh, at corner, man. He's mm-hmm. like 6'2", right, over 200 pounds. So, that's a position. And I heard you mention it with Dan and Jeff this morning, Tone. Um, you know, th- there's good cornerback depth, but not star depth after you – like, if you don't take one in the first round, the fall-off could be significant. Yep. You know, even though it's a good group overall, it's going to be bunched together at the top. Uh, 24-7 Sports had the Jags also taking Brian Branch in their mock. Uh, Again, these are all post-combine. And then this is the first time I've seen this name anywhere near this range, quite frankly, and certainly the first time I've seen it mocked to the Jaguars. This is Pro Football Network. That's where Tony Pauline uh, works. And this is not Tony Pauline's mock, by the way. But Peter Skaronsky, the offensive lineman out of Northwestern, who I want to say McShay has rated as the number one offensive lineman in this draft. Mm -hmm. Now, I think there's also a feeling that there's no one consensus overall number one offensive lineman, clear-cut number one. But this is a guy that usually in mocks is off the board by the time the Jaguars select. So they say without knowing the fate of Juwan Taylor and free agency, no prospect team fit is better in this mock draft. That's saying a lot, right? Yeah. In terms of uh, uh, the fit, the value you're going to get him, the need, the, the holes he could fill. Jacksonville could stand to upgrade their left guard position, and they have a need at right tackle if Taylor walks. Well, depends on how you feel about Walker Little. But again, mm-hmm. he lost the battle with Jawan Taylor. So would it be the worst thing in the world if Jawan Taylor left and you had a guy who had the versatility to come in and compete at a couple of positions with an eye towards being a starter at one of them for sure – by 2024, if not, you know, like, hey, go beat out uh, Barch and Chatley at guard or beat out Walker Little at right tackle. You got two options sure. to get him in the offensive uh, lineup. Skronsky, his big thing, he doesn't have long arms, okay? and But they say his feet are immaculate. And what, what do Leon Searcy and Tony Baselli always tell you? That's how you play offensive tackle. It's your feet. Right, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, are you light on your feet? Is your footwork good? That's why they talked about Cam Robinson for years not fulfilling his potential. That, that Baselli always needs to work on the footwork. Footwork, footwork needs to get better, and I think it has gotten better. But Skaronsky is a guy who is like a technician with the feet. Apparently, you know, I'm not watching a whole lot of Northwestern football, and I'm certainly not focusing in on the offensive line when I am. But he replaced Rashawn Slater. Remember, Rashawn Slater had less than ideal arm length, and Rashawn Slater is considered a very good NFL tackle. So, uh, and they say about Skaronsky, well, moving inside is absolutely an option. There's little doubt that his technical refinement could allow him to survive at right tackle. I don't know if I like that characterization of it, (laughs) right? Like, I don't want a guy who just is going to survive over there, but maybe thrive would be good. But uh, And for a Jaguars team that just doesn't have much open, as far as if we draft you at 24, you have an opportunity to be a starter. 
right, in year one. There's not a whole lot of places on the roster where they have that available to him right now. Like, you're you're not drafting a wide receiver necessarily that's going to be a guy that's going to play 95% of your snaps taking who off the field, right? So you're going to take Christian Kirk off the field? You're taking right. Calvin Ridley off the field, right? So I'm not saying that you couldn't find a guy that plays plenty enough that a first-round pick is okay to spend on a wide receiver. That's not what I'm saying. Tight end, you're not taking Evan Ingram off the field for another tight end that you drafted 24. Correct. I wouldn't think. So how many spots can you draft a guy and they have a chance to be a starter? I think that slot corner or however you want to look at it, one of those cornerback spots is open, right? Whether it be on the outside or inside, depending on the value of the guy that you can potentially get at 24. And offensive guard, I think, is number two on that list. As of right now, I think you could get a player good enough at 24 that they're your left guard from to the beat moment out you what draft. You have. Yeah. Yes, and, and look, to be honest, I'm I was surprised to see him there mm-hmm. because the other three mocks we just looked at goes 11th, 13th, and 13th. So that that's where he's usually. And I wonder if it's the long arms or the lack of long arms that that had Pro Football uh, Network move him there. Uh, by the way, they did a three round mock. We'll tell you who they took in their other. Two selections for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but uh, first let's go around the rest of the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. New Orleans Saints and free agent quarterback Derek Carr are reportedly closing in on getting a deal done, with some reports this morning that a deal could get done as soon as today. Ian Rappaport has said that the deal is expected to be for four years. No details or an official announcement has come out yet. USC offensive lineman Andrew Voorhees is feared to have suffered a torn ACL at the NFL Combine. He still went and did his bench press and had the most at the Combine uh, today for the offensive lineman, but it is a torn ACL for him. The Minnesota Vikings are releasing linebacker Eric Kendricks. The Los Angeles Rams have given wide receiver Allen Robinson permission to seek a trade and are reportedly willing to pay a portion of his $15.25 million salary to facilitate said trade. The New York Giants are expected to use their franchise tag on quarterback Daniel Jones if they are unable to reach a long-term deal with him by tomorrow's deadline. Jones would get a one-year $32.416 million fully guaranteed deal on the franchise tag. The Las Vegas Raiders are expected to use their tag on running back Josh Jacobs. Jacobs would get $10.09 million this season on the tag. And New York Jets offensive lineman Dwayne Brown has decided to return for a 17th NFL season. Brown informed the Jets after the year that he was going to take some time to consider his playing future. He recently underwent surgery to repair a torn left rotator cuff that he played through last season. All right, thank you, Tone. Uh, looking at uh, just the rest, uh, again, it's all fun and games for now, but uh, Skaronsky would be an intriguing player. I'm not going to put him on my uh, combine crush list because mm-hmm. I don't know how likely it is still that he makes it to 24, but nonetheless, this is how uh, Pro Football Network had the Jags going for the next couple of rounds. At 56, they take Tyreek Stevenson out of the University of Miami, cornerback who's a six-footer, uh, 193, 195, somewhere in that range. I think he tested pretty well. He had he did well in like the three cone and the vert. Uh, ran a four four six, which I think is plenty fast enough. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jags addressing corner in the second round. Uh, there and in, in the third round, they had him taking uh, Tank Bigsby, running back out of Auburn. Look, I toyed with the idea myself of Bijan Robinson, right? Because I mm-hmm. think he's such an elite prospect at the position. 
But if they don't go that route, like a guy who can really push Travis Etienne, I don't need a third-round running back, man. Give me a, a sixth-round running back, but do better than you did last year with a guy who could not get on the field and Snoop Connor. Isaiah Pacheco was out there. Find the guy, right? I don't care. Do the Jags need a big back? I don't know if they do. You know what I mean? Like, did they have one last year? No. No. You know, so what? If I don't know, man. I, I feel like they're fine. You know, that the red zone situation got better and better and better as the season went along. A lot of that had to do with yeah. Trevor Lawrence's improvement there, but – yeah, you know. could they be helped by having a guy that gives you that threat? Sure. of handing the ball like a hammer down at the goal line. Yeah, I'm not taking him, but in the I third don't round. think that you have to prioritize that no. by any means. He didn't run uh, particularly uh, fast times at the combine either. So anyway, look, it's just one outlet's opinion of how it could go, and we all know how uh, that ends up going down the line. All right, we'll come back. The Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day is asking you who was your NFL Combine crush this year that you'd like to see the Jaguars draft uh, and does not have to be in the first round. Uh, we'll each uh, put a candidate forward when we return and look at some of your responses as well. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. <laughs> to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, E.T. Getting ready to wrap up first day of Players Championship Week here on 1010XL. Uh, We'll be out at the grounds for the next two days and then there again on Thursday and Friday. But while the tournament obviously gets underway on Thursday, we'll be there for all the pre-gaming and the festivities and the practice rounds and all that. And again, uh, Sawgrass Square, Tony, is that what the, it's called? Sawgrass Square. Uh, so if you enter uh, where the 10th tee is to your left, turn your head to the right, and you'll see the fellas. Uh, and that'll include E.T. on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. So I'm told. I'm trying to, you know, I'll work on my, my golf etiquette. I'm, I think I'm going to dress the part. You know, I have my uh, golf. I don't know if I have shorts on or I don't know, but uh, I'm going to look the oh, part. I'll, I'll, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> doubt it. Uh, you might look the part more than I am. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm still the guy who thinks cargo shorts are in fashion. So yeah, shoot, um, I might wear some cargo. You, know, you don't so. you don't see those out on the golf course a whole lot, though, I didn't know is that, the point. I didn't know that the pros wore pants. Like, that was a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Must wear pants um, on the PGA Tour. Um that's that's how, it's a professionalism yeah. rule. That's, I think that's they can their wear rule. the shorts during the practice rounds. They yeah, they didn't like even that, used right? to do that. Right. So. so, but during actual tournament play, at least uh, on the PGA Tour, which right. is right. the golf I concern myself with. All right, um, let's uh, let's hit him with a ten ten take here. E. Ten 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 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's ten ten take brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. I will bat lead off today because I don't want either of you stealing my guy. Um, I already know who he is going to say, but we ask you today the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day: Who is your 2023 NFL Combine crush? that you would realistically like to see the Jacksonville Jaguars take in this year's NFL draft. In other words, don't give us Will Anderson, who's not going to be available, something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, a guy that you think could be available, and it doesn't have to be the first-round selection. Mine happens to be the first-round selection, however, Tony. And he was already a guy who's frequently mocked 
to the Jaguars. But to me, like a combine crush is a guy where you go, he ran what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he did what? Like, I-, I want the athletic measurables off the charts. That's what the combine crush is about. You're seeing that as apparently people who've never watched college football are just realizing Anthony Richardson is athletic. <laughs> And they're all falling in love with uh, Anthony Richardson with mm-hmm. the combine crush. But I'm going with Deontay Banks, the Maryland corner, right? He's six foot one ninety seven, so he's got good size. Four three five in the forty, forty two inch vertical, eleven four in the broad jump. According to Pro Football Network, looked smooth and fluid, and was always on balance throughout drills. Great footwork, reversing the ability to drive on the ball said he does tend to gather into his plant. If oh. that's not a draft season phrase, <laughs> you have never heard a draft season phrase. He does tend right. to gather into his plant, but that's fixable. Cemented himself as a top 25 selection in April. Well, fortunately for us, mm-hmm. we're picking 24th. So uh, give me Deontay Banks as my combine crush from the weekend because he was already considered one of those guys mm-hmm. based on his film. And then when he backs it up with the eye-popping numbers, that he had 4.35 and a 42-inch vertical. Woo, my goodness. Um, and keep in mind, Darius Williams, well, this year he'll be on the roster. Next year, basically no dead money on his contract. $500,000, which is almost nothing in today's NFL, right? Isn't that crazy? Half a million dollars. That's nothing. Uh, but, uh, you know, Darius Williams could easily be let go for about $10 million in cap savings next year. And you'd have your starting duo with Tyson Campbell in line for a new deal. You'd have a guy on a rookie contract. You find that nickel. So give me uh, that, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, For all those reasons, I, I want all those uh, things coming together for the Jacksonville Jaguars with Deontay Banks. Who's your guy? Who? Uh, tough to pick just a guy. I'll say... While I still wouldn't be surprised, ultimately, if at 24, the Jags wound up taking Michael Mayer, mm-hmm. right? Like, wouldn't surprise me. The combine isn't his place to shine. Gotcha. Right? Like, the Mayer thing isn't, look at this super athlete at the tight end position, right? He's just a all-around solid player. He's going to give you what you need as a blocker. He's a respectable enough threat in the passing game. He's not going to show up anywhere at the combine where you're like, whoa, look at this guy. Right. Right? Like, it's just not his place to shine. I think of the guys that maybe I hadn't thought a lot about because I do think Mayer's the only tight end that, for me, I would seriously consider a 24 uh, for the Jags in the draft because I can see him being on the field as much as you need him to be Um, in two tight end sets. I do think a guy like Sam Laporta at tight end who is much more round two, round three, uh, the tight end out of Iowa, a guy like Zach Kuntz who's going to fly up boards because of the athleticism that he showed. Uh, this weekend at the NFL Combine, but I think they're much more in reasonable range to address your tight end too, right? Like that second tight end in your room, I think those guys are much more likely uh, to be the direction that you go with it. I think even Darnell Washington, I don't see it at 24 necessarily, and because of that, I doubt he's going to be available by the time the Jags are picking again in the second round. Mm-hmm. So if I had to pick a guy, I'd probably go Sam Laporta, tight okay. end out of Iowa. Uh, th- yeah, th- I'll tell you, man, tight end is ridiculous yeah. this year, right? Now, granted, there's going to be somewhat of a fall-off, but you're going to get strong candidates uh, into the second and third round. Uh, there are going to be a lot of these guys flying off the boards. E, who's your combine crush? 
Now, I understand that he's six foot two, 238 pounds. But. However, he ran a 4.3940. He has a, a 1.5 10-yard split. He has a 41-and-a-half vertical leap and a 10-8 uh, broad jump. And the kid from Savannah, Georgia, Nolan Smith. I understand that he might be a little undersized, but this is the NFL. We have the most supreme uh, uh, staff. We could put some weight on you. Nolan Smith, come on down to Jacksonville, Florida, and join your fellow Bulldogs and, and Trevon Walker and Tyson Smith. By the Tyson way, Campbell. nothing wrong with dipping into the Georgia reservoir right. again, right? I mean, if you're going to go for a, a squad, they're, they're getting the best players. Yeah. That's Hayes' guy. That's the guy it, he told us is. about last week when we talked to him. He's – I think the eval on him is all over the place I right now. I think so, too. Like, it, I'll see him in the top ten, right? Like, coming out of the, the the combine, I've seen multiple mock drafts with Nolan in the top ten in the NFL draft, and then others with him not in the first round. If you run a 3-4 next year, which it seems like the Jags are going to do, yeah. right? So, Nolan Smith has to be an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Where's Trayvon playing? Defensive end? I suppose. I mean, you just – Right, right, the number Robertson one Harris. overall I'll pick in the draft on a three-four, three-four end. I here here's a couple things. I I played golf this weekend with a buddy of mine who's a big Georgia fan, and he brought up unprompted. He goes, "I don't want anything to do with Nolan Smith with the Jags. Hurt all the time, right?" And he, he played eight games last year. He played only seven in twenty twenty. My question is, what did we? Uh, what was the big knock on Trayvon Walker coming out of Georgia? And granted, he went number one overall, but. Yeah. A man without a position. That that was one of them. Where's the sack production? Yeah. Right? Where's the sack production? Yeah, the college production. For yeah. Trayvon Walker, right? And it wasn't there in terms of being a sack guy, right? Mm-hmm. And Trayvon Walker at Georgia had nine and a half sacks in three years. Um, Nolan Smith at Georgia had and nine and a half sacks in his first three years and added three mm-hmm. this year. So you're going to spend – Another first-round pick on a pass rusher who doesn't have pass rush production. I mean, I get it. The athletic measurables are off the charts. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. At 238 pounds, he couldn't he consistently. Now, granted, he missed some time, but that's, again, okay? So, part he played. Eval, right, yeah. That's part of it, right? So, you could say, well, he, he didn't play all the time. Well, he played 12 games as a junior, and he had four and a half sacks. That was his most productive season. Are we just saying, well, they're loaded. They were loaded. Hard for one guy to stand out. That's what we said with Trayvon, mm-hmm. in part, last year. So, all right. Uh, some of the uh, responses we got to the question of the day today. Will McDonald, he's a pass rusher. Iowa State, I want to say, maybe. Um, there's one uh, there. Joey Porter Jr., the corner mm-hmm. from Penn State. Lonnie Phelps, I love that Noel here. Uh, Lonnie Phelps, pass rusher from Kansas. Gives all the specs, all the numbers don't have to guess. Don't have to look him up. Uh, 25 tackles for loss, 15 and a half sacks in his last 24 games. That's productivity uh, right there. So and that's not a guy that you hear and talked about in the first round either. Uh, love Bijan Robinson, said Robert, but Roshan Johnson looked good as well. He was Bijan's backup mm-hmm. at Texas. Maybe a guy you can get a little bit later on. Uh, let's see. Uh, A.T. Perry. He's a wide receiver, I think, from Wake, I want to say. Um, six five guys, so give you that different body type. Uh, Zach Kuntz, who you mentioned, the tight end, uh, at six foot seven tone. Uh, he's not just not quite as I feel like as physical as thick as Darnell Washington is, but there are a lot of similarities otherwise, including the 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 height 
uh, there. Washington got mentioned a bunch. Osiris Torrance uh, got mentioned uh, by several. Uh, Nolan Smith got mentioned mm-hmm. by several. Uh, Devon Witherspoon said Jorge, unrealistic, but that's one of his crushes. Uh, Dante Sills, defensive tackle out of West Virginia, day three picks. That's And Cobalt Blue going a little bit deeper right there, right? <laughs> like, I'm thinking about, like, look, can you always use a big man on the defensive line? Yes. But got a lot of money tied up in this defensive line right, right yeah. now, right? Like, I don't know if I can go first-round pick for a guy who's going to be part of a rotation, and clearly he would be. Coming in this year uh, wouldn't necessarily be the front end of the rotation. Sam Laporta, who you mentioned, mm-hmm. getting some love. More Washington. Um, a lot of Darnell Washington, actually. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, more Osiris Torrance. Uh, Bijan, thank you very much. Appreciate you. <laughs> Brian Brzee. By the way. Brzee. Fr- free of charge. Yeah. Learn it now just in case he gets here. It's not Breezy. It's Brzee. Brzee. Okay? Brzee. In case he gets drafted here, Trevor's former teammate at Clemson. Uh, not how you would expect based on the way it's spelled, no, yeah. but uh, definitely how it's pronounced. So, anyway, combine done, uh, crushes aplenty, and I had fun discussing some of those with you today. So, let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, Joe C. is in hello. the house. Hello, Joseph. Hello, hello. Uh, what's up with uh, your level of combine interest? Do you watch uh, yeah. much or do you just look for the results? Well, I, I have one saying or song that I need to write is combine eyes because people fall in love with the quarterback in particular. But they get those combine eyes and all of a sudden they just start stargazing at the Anthony Richardsons of the world. This guy lit it up. We all know it. He lit it up. We knew that he was going to be a physical specimen when he went there. And you guys know, they people like Denny and many others out there, Denny Thompson, they train specifically for what the Combine will ask a player to do. He looked okay. He looked, he looked better than okay as far as some of his throwing. Uh, but, you know, that was the thing I was most interested in is just watching his passing drills, him and C.J. Stroud, just to kind of get a feel for it. Uh, you know, I watched a few other ones work out. You know, you guys, like like all of us, are looking at wherever that pack of players is around that 24th pick overall. Ringo, you know, a handful of those other guys, Van Ness, all those guys. I was just trying to keep my eye on it as much as I could. Yeah, I, honestly, for me, I, I don't need to see. You yeah. know, like, I – like – Great. If there's a highlight, we start to hone in on a player. You can always yeah. go back yeah. and watch the whole thing, right? But right. I don't need to see you run a four three five. As long, if you tell me that the official time is a four three five, I know what like, that is. Yeah, like I'm with you. I'm walking in and out, and I'm seeing Anthony Richardson rotate throws and whatnot, and I'm like, all right, if I need to see it again, I'm sure I can just YouTube this bad boy right and see all of them put together. Did we not know Anthony Richardson has a howitzer of an arm? I mean, yeah. like it was like they nobody had yeah. ever watched any of his film. Yeah, I knew he was going to light it up, but then I'm also really interested in what the quote grease board does. What what that, sure. You know, does he design and read def- or draw up plays and read defenses the way he's supposed to? I'm of the thinking he does not make quick, quick decisions that are the correct decisions. Yeah, I, I honestly I don't know that for a fact one way or the other, and uh, you know I don't know if any of us really know, right? Because right. we haven't sat in on those sessions sure. with him. I'm sure Denny Thompson will tell you that he's uh, 
Yeah, I'm sure. Look, by the way, they're over the moon. Yeah. All right. Hey, he did everything he could do. Exactly. He came out with all the buzz, but it's just funny to me that they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. What a vertical leap. <laughs> Who cares? Broad about- jump. Record. Vert. Record. Okay. Like, and two stuff. things you're never going to do. Yeah. And, uh, like, we know he's fast. Yeah. Right? And it, it is amazing to see. You know, and I see Herm Edwards on SportsCenter's boy. The guy I like to compare him to is Cam Newton. And I'm like, really? Are you, oh, so yeah. you're the one yeah. right. who, who came up with that comparison, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Cam came out as a Heisman Trophy quarterback right. who could and, throw it. Yeah, you know, the end of that sentence should be, if you do compare him to Cam Newton, there's no comparison. Well, I mean, there's an athletic comparison. There's my, my my point would be that would be my story. There's no comparison from a college resume. No question. No comparison. I mean, no, Cam Newton... Yeah. When he came into the league, set the record in his rookie season for yeah. most yards yeah. passing yeah. as a rookie. Yeah. When- Anthony Richardson is expected not to see the field right. until when- his second year yeah. under an ideal scenario. Yeah. His first Cam's first four years from a passing and running point of view, it was unheard of. Mike Vick hadn't done the stuff that Cam Newton was doing when you think about 2010 when he came in. Again, I'm not, look, I, I don't. I honestly don't know who I want in the AFC South mm-hmm. um, out of those guys. I mean, Anthony Richardson, there is you, – you, if you squint and you go, man, if he realizes his potential, that's yeah, that's sure. scary as hell. Yeah, oh, yeah he, I'm not worried about yeah, it. Yeah. Now, he, you know, quite frankly, in terms of matching up that position, right. I think Jacksonville is going to be in uh, yeah. good shape. Yeah, because you, you could easily see three brand-new quarterbacks at the other three AFC South cities, depending on what's ha- what, what happens with Tannehill. All right, what you guys have coming up today? Uh, we're going to do all that. Players week. We're getting ready for everything that's coming our way. So we'll be jumping in on all those fronts. That's all for right. sure. Have a good show, Joe. All right, fellas. And we'll see you out there in uh, Ponte Vedra over the next uh, several days for sure. All right, that'll do it for us today. Uh, thanks for playing along today. And uh, we'll be out. Uh, we'll talk a little golf and a lot of football over the next four days here. For Tony Smith and E.T., I'm Mike Dempsey. Thank you for tuning in to Jaguars today once again on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. So guess what? 10-10 is popping, and there won't be no stopping. Bang, bang, bang.